Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our scripture reading for today comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another and banging one another. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What is essential? This is a question that has become all too familiar to us as we continue to live through a pandemic. In the beginning in March and early April, April, when everything shut down and only essential businesses stayed open, which was very narrowly defined, we gave thanks for our essential workers. We rightly lifted them up as heroes, doctors and nurses, EMTs, public safety officials, sanitation workers, janitors, grocery store employees, those who kept going out and showing up with potential risk to themselves just so they could keep the rest of us safe. We celebrated them and there was a spirit of collective good and goodwill for the common good. More recently though, the answer to this question has become more fraught, more political, harder to answer. Individuals and communities and institutions are navigating how to best answer this question in their own context without crystal clear clarity about how to move forward. Leaders in government and public health and schools are sending us different messages. It can be hard to know what to believe, who to trust, how to make faithful decisions, how best to answer the question, what is essential? This is also a question our church has been asking as we discern a new vision. Because when we do the hard work that leads us to a new vision, God's preferred future, it is always in support of the essential mission of the church, the mission that always was and is and will be, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Whatever we do, however we do it, if our ministries and our programs don't lead to disciple-making that transforms the world, then it's not ours to do. The answer to this question for the church, for our church, is simple. What is essential? To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Now, what is not so easy to know and to answer is how best to do that in our specific time and place. 
that's where a new vision comes in. We're asking the questions, how do we do this in light of who our neighbors are, what needs exist in our community, what are the gifts and the passions of our congregation here and now. And further, we're doing all of this in a time of uncharted territory for the church. At a time when pre-pandemic, church attendance all over this country was down, interest in religion is at a record low in our society, and churches all over having to figure out new ways of being to bring the gospel to people in this context. So we can't rely on the same strategies in a changing environment. We've got to think about how to do a new thing. Now, this was true before 2020, and now, friends, now we are faced with a whole new challenging landscape. There is no playbook we can pick up and follow to easily make disciples, transform the world, engage in healthy growth in 2020. Trust me, I wish that there were. Nevertheless, God is with us. And the vision we discerned with God's help is this. We are a wellspring of love and hospitality. We seek to impact our neighbors by building life-changing relationships, nurturing spiritual growth, and fostering service through impactful partnerships. Last week, we focused on the part of our vision that centers on building life-changing relationships. Today, our emphasis is on nurturing spiritual growth. Now, of course, those things always go hand in hand. We cannot grow spiritually on our own. That's why we do it in community. We do so with the help and the love and the accountability of other Christians. And the relationships that we form along the way and that process, they are indeed life-changing. In a few moments, we will be privileged to hear from Maris Fanagrosi, one of our youth who will be sharing with us how this church has nurtured her spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is an essential of the church, and it's something that we uniquely have to offer. Sometimes the church can try to be all things to all people, and we can get away from what is our core, what is our essential. Plenty of organizations offer good things that people can take part in, engage in, they do it well. But spiritual growth, that is what we uniquely have to offer the life-saving, world-changing love of Jesus Christ. We engage in a process of discipleship. It can be lived out in many ways, but however we do that, this is our essential and our core. And if what we are doing isn't leading to spiritual growth, then it's not ours to do. What is essential? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our role, our purpose, our mission, and our vision as a church right now could not be more essential. Because friends, the very soul of our nation, it is broken. As a pastor, as a Christian, as an American, my soul is grieving. We have to ask ourselves every day, how can we embody the fruits of the Spirit in our own lives as a church community and share this good news with others? 
I don't have to tell you that what surrounds us in our culture right now, it's the very opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. And I confess to you that I am tempted to get drawn in to the values and the conversations and the actions that don't embody them. It's easy to lose what is essential for me as a Christian and to get caught up in all kinds of other things. So my prayer, my prayer which has really turned into a plea for me and for you, for our church and our world, is to defy the temptation to let values that aren't essential Christian values define us. My prayer is that we will value love, love of God and neighbor over everything else, and push back those forces of hate that separate and demonize those who are beloved children of God, to denounce unequivocally the evil of white supremacy, and to claim boldly that Black Lives Matter to us and to God. My prayer is that we can hold on to joy when it is easier to turn to despair. Now, joy is not some kind of naive happiness. It is the security that comes from having our ultimate hope in Jesus Christ instead of the worries of this world. These are challenging times and we are not going to be happy all the time. But despair Despair can lead to nihilism, which leads to hatred and violence and selfishness. My prayer is that we know the peace that Jesus brings and that we condemn its opposite violence in all its forms. And that when we see others condoning violence, we speak up and out and say, there is no place for terror in the kingdom of God. My prayer that we treat one another with patience and kindness and gentleness, especially when we disagree or vote differently than our neighbor, when we're tempted to get defensive or mean. There's a lot of meanness going around, and we'd all be better off if we were slow to speak, quick to listen. My prayer is that we are people who live generously, those messages around us, they encourage us to shore up what is ours, to hoard resources, to make more, to buy more, to be happy. Instead, let's ask the questions, how can we give of our time and our gifts and our resources to benefit everyone to build a more just and beloved community? A prayer is that we live with faithfulness, centering ourselves first in God's truth, that we engage in practices of scripture and prayer and worship and study and service so that we seek the truth of God. Because the opposite of that are all these lies that surround us, lies about who we are, about what really matters, about who we should fear or hate or build walls against. Being faithful, I mean centering ourselves on God's truth instead. It is vital and it is life saving work. And the opposite of self-control, friends, is self-indulgence. Let us ask ourselves, how can we care about others as much as we care about ourselves and our families and our neighborhoods? How do we weep, weep and really mourn over the 200,000 lives that have been lost to COVID-19 just this year in our country? 
and weep over the untold other numbers of those who are suffering economically, physically, mentally? How do we do that if we don't personally know these people? If most come from a different racial or economic background than we do, can our hearts still be grieved? And how can we continue to exercise self-control and make sacrifices so that we mitigate the spread as much as we can, so that we mitigate unnecessary suffering? What is essential? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are a lot of questions that we don't have the answers to. How to make decisions? What does the future hold? This kind of uncertainty is gut-wrenching, and the uncertainty of these questions are going to live with us for a long time, I'm afraid. There's not a lot we can do about that. We've got to live with the uncertainty and the mystery and trust God to walk with us in it day by day, faithful step by faithful step. But here is what we do know. Here is our hope and our strength and our truth. No matter where we are or what we're doing, the answer, friends, is always Jesus. The answer is always love. The Spirit of God is at work and stronger than any broken soul of individuals, of a nation. When we live out the fruits of the Spirit, do our own soul work, do it as a church, offer this gift that we uniquely have to offer to our neighbors, we are being the church. The forms and the methods and the programs and the structures, they may all shift. But as long as we are living into the essentials, we are going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are keeping Jesus as the answer. So let us live, let us act, let us give in ways that restore our souls and the soul of our nation. Let us be that witness of disciple-making that truly transforms the world. There is nothing more essential than this. Because we know that God's blessings, they are greater than any powers of this world. Let us know these blessings. Let us live them. Let us share them. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ss.org.
www.umc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.